Hey there, everyone. Welcome to Holy Man, a journey of becoming godly men. No matter if we are sons or husbands, dads, grandfathers, or just any regular guy out there, we are going to try to figure out how God would want us to live on this journey called life. None of us have it all figured out. So let's dig into God's Word and wrestle with God's Word as we try to become who God created us to be, specifically, holy men. Hey there, men. It is good to be back with you on the Holy Man podcast. Uh, it's been a good break, uh, at least for me it was, uh, during the summer months. Spent a bunch of time with my kids. Uh, Kalina was home for college. Andrew was home for a little bit. Andrew was back down to Oklahoma to spend the summer down there. But uh, we just hung out at the house a lot and did some things, a lot of things together. And uh, yeah, it was it was a good, good break for me. Uh, hopefully it was a good break for you over the summer as we took a break from, from life groups and I took a break from the podcast, but what about for your faith journey? Did you take a break? You know, life groups were on a break. The podcast was on a break, but hopefully you weren't on a break with your faith journey. It's, it's easy to do. Man, it's easy to, to step away from going to church. It's easy to step away from morning devotions. And it's going to play right into our conversation for later in this podcast. But uh, yeah, hopefully you didn't take too much of a break. There was a few of us men that got together in a couple Saturday mornings out of the summer to talk about some things. But uh, for many of us, uh, we were on a break from life groups from meeting together. And so it's good to be back together. It's good to be to talking about our faith a little bit again. And as we start into this semester for life groups, uh, as I, I, I just want to share what's going to guide us through this semester and possibly, if it goes well, possibly into the next semester as well. I, I have a book that I'm going to use as a guide, as a, uh, as a help to get us through, and uh, because it's made up into... 20 different chapters, and we have 20 different weeks, so, so that should work well if, uh, if it goes well. And it's a, it's a book that's been around a while. I've used it before. Uh, I've handed it out to many different men, uh, so maybe I'm, you're one of the guys that I've handed it out to. It's just a good guide to help us on our faith journey. Uh, it's an older book. It was written about 40 years ago, but let me ask you this question. Even though a book is old... Does that mean it's outdated? Think about that for a second, because if that's true, if you feel, yeah, why are we using a, a book that was written 40 years ago? Well, why do we read the Bible then? Because it's a little older than 40 years old. I know it's God's Word. I get it. But this is what we would call a classic, a men's ministry classic. Most people would call it that. Uh, it's called The Measure of a Man. 20 Attributes of a Godly Man. It was written by Gene Getz, like I said, around 40 years ago. Uh, he's still alive. He's still kicking. As a matter of fact, this, uh, this book has been updated several different times. In the most recent time, the cool thing about this book now is each chapter, there are two QR codes in each of the chapters where you can uh, 
click onto that QR code, and it's going to take you to a video of Gene, the, the author of the book, sharing just a few more insights into the material in that chapter. It's so cool that you know he's so hip. He's 80 years old, and he's still he's using QR codes to uh, to help men. And so we're going to be able to use some of those little videos. Uh, some of your life group leaders are learning about this so that they can use those videos in your life group discussions. And so uh, that'll be add, add some extra. But again, this is there's 20 attributes of a godly man. And basically, it's looking into the books of 1 Timothy and Titus. And those books, Paul wrote both of them to two young guys, two young leaders in the life of the church, and they were both young guys that were learning how to be better leaders in the church, uh, pastors maybe, but just leaders in the church. And so Paul wrote these to them, both so they could be better leaders and so that these guys could help raise up other men and women as leaders in the life of the church. And so Paul wrote this, and it's good stuff. It breaks down to 20 different attributes or different things that we need to focus on as we grow in the life of the church. Now, so here's the question for us, though. Should we look at this if this was geared towards leaders in the church? Is this only for pastors? Is this only for uh, board members, maybe, or other types of leaders in the life of the church? That's going to be one of the things you're going to discuss in your life groups a little bit, and uh, I don't think it is. I, you know, that's just my thinking. It, I think these are all attributes that all of us as men, <clears throat> we that we can be aspiring to, that we can be moving towards, that we can try to grow in our lives as we all want to grow into being better holy men, men walking with God. And we all need this. Let's face it, guys. You know, you look at this list of some of the things that they, uh, each of the chapters are, and there's things like uh, having a good reputation, you know, only having eyes for your wife instead of looking at other ladies in all kinds of different ways, Uh, being respectable, hospitable, able to teach or mentor others, uh, not self-centered, not quick-tempered, that's one that I know that some of us need to work on, Uh, being gentle, being peaceable, free of the love of money, manages your household well. So there's a lot of different attributes here that are so important for all of us, not just a few of us. These are all things that we all should be longing for God to grow in our lives, not not just so we can make other people's lives better, but this also makes our lives better if we get better at these attributes. You know, the other day at church, I was standing uh, in the lobby with my wife, and one of my daughters was there as well. And I, I was watching a, a young family walk through the lobby into the auditorium for worship. It was a husband or a dad, and he was in front leading the, the family. He was walking, he had a cup of coffee in one hand, and he had a small bag, probably a bag, looked like a, a, a kid's stuff uh, for maybe what the kids were going to play with during worship or something. The wife was behind. She had a huge car seat in one arm with the baby in it, and then she had a backpack on her back. Excuse me. And she was also holding the hand of a little toddler in her other hand. So she was noticeably struggling, and he just kept kept on going. He was about maybe 10 feet in front of her, and he was just heading towards... He had his coffee. 
he was heading towards the auditorium and she was several steps behind. And I pointed it out to my wife and simply said, I need to get that young buck into one of our men's life groups. He needs some other men who know maybe a little bit better how to love his family. I mean, he wasn't being bad. He wasn't being a bad husband or a dad, but he had the opportunity that moment to help his wife feel more like the queen, where he could have been carrying something more. Uh, He could have been maybe had the hand of the toddler. He could have had her going first to make sure that if she needed any other assistance, that he was there, he was available. It was just one of those moments that men, you know, it's not the idea of chivalry. You know, some people wonder, is chivalry dead? Okay, well, is it? I think Christian love as a husband, as a dad, needs to guide. Some people might call that chivalry. I simply call it being a Christian husband, a Christian dad, where we sacrificially, the way Jesus loved us, we sacrificially love others. And so it's just one of those attributes that we as men need to learn. And for me, I don't want you to think I have it all together, guys. I don't. Just ask Karen, ask my kids. But in that moment, I saw it, and I would have loved to pull alongside that young buck and just help him to see a different picture. So I'm going to get him in one of our men's life groups. I know who he is, and uh, and I'm going to hopefully get him around some of you other men, because some of you men, I watch you, and some of you have that figured out. You are so good at caring for your wife or your kids and helping them do life. And it's so cool to watch that. And so, and that's the thing, iron sharpens iron. That's why we're going to be discussing some of these attributes in our men's life groups, because we need, you know, there are some of these areas that I do well with. And then there are some of these areas that, man, I have some things to learn. And I want to learn from some of you men that maybe have those areas better. So you're going to help me in some of the areas, and I'm going to help you in some of the areas. And we're going to, iron is going to sharpen iron. We're going to make each other better as we discuss these things and look into God's word. So today, the first chapter that you know that you're going to be discussing today, it's the idea of becoming a faithful man. Becoming a faithful man, a man full of faith, a person who has faith in or trusts God with their lives. That's, that's what we're talking about here. Now, what? So it goes back again to the conversation I started off with there that did, you know, about sometimes we take a break in our faith journey. Sometimes we step away from our devotions, or maybe you don't go to church ever to worship every Sunday morning for a while, and you take this break. And man, once you take that break, it's so easy to get out of the habit of walking with God. And when we get out of that habit, boy, Satan loves that. He gets his foot in the door, and boy, he so can so easily distract us. You know, I look at Hebrews chapter 11. And in Hebrews chapter 11, it is so cool. It, it, it's called the Hall of Faith, and it's a chapter that starts listing us through uh, many different attributes or many different individuals that have the attribute of being faithful, people of faith, both men and women. Most of them on this list are, are some of the great men of faith, but there are certainly some of the great women of faith that are on the list as well. And as it goes through each of these individuals, these people like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Moses, and Noah, 
and Gideon and Deborah and Rahab, <laughs> Rahab, the prostitute. So you, you, you watch this list, and the cool thing about this list, as I start thinking through each of those individuals' stories, man, it's so encouraging. If this is the Hall of Faith, how encouraging is that for me? Because I, I look at each of those individuals, and each of those people, especially if I, for, you know, since we're talking about our, us men, each of those men, man, they had issues. They had stuff in their lives. They had problems. They had mistakes that they made. They were sinners. Every single one of them, we can look at their lives, and they are listed on this list of of, the Hall of Faith because they're considered to be people of faith, but yet we read their stories, and oh, how they messed up. So that gives me hope. Because if, if they're considered people of faith, then we, <clears throat> excuse me, men, <clears throat> I got one of those frogs in my throat. Uh, each of us can be a person of faith just like them. So, you know, as, as we run through that chapter and we see each of those individuals and each one of them are lifted up as being, being people who are a faithful man or a faithful woman, a a man full of faith. And then we get to chapter 12, Hebrews chapter 12, and it says, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. So he, he looks at this huge crowd of individuals who are people of faith, who are faithful in their walk with God. And what does that mean? It, it says they were witnesses to being faithful. In other words, did they probably take breaks? Yes. But their breaks were short, and they were people who were consistently, regularly chasing after God, regularly, consistently wanting to draw near to God, to put their faith in God, to walk the ways of God in their lives. Again, did they mess up? Yes. But every time they messed up, they knew that they walked with a grace-filled God that still loved them unconditionally and was going to walk with them no matter what. And so they kept chasing after God, and God kept pulling alongside of them and walking with them. And so since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, it says in chapter 12, let us cast off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles us, and let us run the race, the faithful race with perseverance, keeping our eyes focused on Jesus, the perfecter of our faith, the one who showed us the perfection of what faith-filled life looks like. Let us keep our eyes focused on him. In other words, let us be faithful. Let's faithfully chase after Jesus. Let's faithfully, regularly spend time with Jesus. Let's regularly get together with other people who are on the journey with Jesus. And even when we fail, especially when we fail, we need to keep our eyes focused on Jesus because he is a God of grace who forgives As far as the east is from the west, the sin is cast away from us, and he says, let's go. Let's keep going on this journey. 
that's what being a faithful person is. You know, some people think that they're not a person of faith. Well, if you're see- simply seeking after God, if you're regularly coming to church, if you're regularly maybe serving in some capacity, when if you're regularly trusting God with your money and your uh, your life, how you drive, how you live, if you are faithfully seeking God's ways and trying at the best of your ability to put them into practice, you're faithful. You could be in the Hall of Faith chapter very easily as you simply keep at it, keep chasing after God. That's what it means to be a faithful person. So if you're listening to this, that's part of the journey. It's part of walking with God. If you're in a life group discussing this here in in a couple days, that's part of the journey. That's being faithful. It's part of the journey, guys. That's what it means to be a faithful man. And some of you are thinking, I'm not there yet. Okay, I'm okay with that. God's okay with that. Take a step. What's hindering you? What, is, what are the things that maybe are in front of you that's keeping you from becoming a more faithful man? Stepping into it. What are the things that maybe you have to sacrifice, you have to give up, so that you can be more faithful? Because the more faithful we become, the more man of faith, the more trust we put in God, the more we trust God with our lives, the better our lives will be. Because Jesus makes our lives better, and he makes us better at life. You know, I'm getting ready to go. As I record this, I'm going on vacation here in a couple days, and uh, just going away with my family for a few days to hang out before school starts up. And, uh, you know, some a few times ago, I went on a vacation, and, and I was with somebody, and I was reading a book that talks about God. And they asked me the question, why are you reading a book about God? Don't you do that all the time? Don't you need a break? And I said, no, I'm on vacation. I Just the opposite. I want to spend more time with God because I don't have all of the rigors of my day-to-day job. This is when, now, I don't usually take a leadership, a church leadership book with me on vacation. Usually what it is, it's a book, and I have one ready. It's going with me. Uh, it's a book that helps me look at the God of the Old Testament and understand his heart more and more so that I can better know God. And so it's it's simply a book that helps me in my faith journey, not necessarily in my job, but instead it's simply getting to know God in a deeper level. I That's what I want to do. I'm on vacation, so it's an opportunity for me to not have to worry about the church for a few days. Instead, I'm going to just focus on God and my relationship with God. And that way, when I come back from vacation, because I've spent time focused on God, I'm going to come back in a better mindset. I'm going to come back in a better uh, revved up attitude of just wanting to serve God because I've grown closer to God. So Mike and the rest of the staff, they're going to get a better staff member when I come back because I spent time with God. You see what I mean, guys? That's being faithful. It's taking those steps in different ways at different times. It's okay to take little breaks, guys, but no long vacations from God. Maybe sometimes you have to change it up. Maybe things get stale and you need to change things up a bit, but be faithful regularly chase after God. God says, draw near to me and I will draw near 
to you. He says, seek first the kingdom and these things will be given to you. That's what we're faithful in, guys. Because we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, those men and women who have gone before us, some of them are in our own church right now, witnesses of a faithful life. We cast off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles us, and we run the race with perseverance laid out before us, keeping our eyes focused on Christ, the perfecter of our faith. Guys, it's going to be a fun semester attributes of becoming a godly man, the measure of a man, and not one of us is perfect on that measurement. We're all going to be growing. We're all going to be sharpening each other as we grow in this. So for this first week, how faithful are you to your walk with God? Are you on a break? If you are, stop it. (laughs) Get back on the journey and keep going, guys, because the more we spend time with God, the more God will bless our Guys, it is good to be back with you. I'm looking forward to walking with Gene Getz on this uh, journey of the measure of a man, and hopefully you will be blessed as well. Uh, Have a great day, and we will talk to you soon.